Welcome to the Women in Industry podcast. The following episode was subject to technical difficulties during recording. We regret that portions of the audio from this interview were lost. We appreciate our devoted listeners and their understanding. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Win, the Women in Industry podcast, a production of the Communications Group. Greetings and welcome to Women in Industry podcast brought to you by the Communications Group. I'm your host, Lisa Van Hook, Com Group Partner and Director of Client Services, and I'm here with my co-host, Carson Horn, the Communications Group PR Director. We also affectionately call him the Agonator. Our guest today, I'm very excited about her. She is an ag teacher, an FFA advisor. She is, um, I don't want to say world traveler, but I don't know, maybe she has a world traveler. She's been around a little bit. She's been outside of Arkansas, um, and she currently is the Ag Teacher and FFA Advisor at Whitehall, Arkansas, Whitehall High School, and um, we want to welcome today our guest, Kaisa Weeks. Kaisa, we are inspired by you and all the women of the world making a difference, wearing your cape, being a superhero, and working your plan. This week, our inspiration is teacher, advisor, educator, Kaisa Weeks. Welcome, Kaisa. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're happy to have you. All right, we're just going to dive right in. Um, we're just going to get this, this Kaisa show on the road. So uh, the first thing we want to know is a little bit more about you. We want your sort of your elevator speech, if you will. Okay, so I was born and I guess you could say partially raised in a small town in California. Um, at the age of nine is when I moved to Arkansas. So when you say world traveler, I guess I'm a, definitely a U.S. traveler for sure. I moved to Arkansas when I was nine and I that's when I really kind of started to get super involved in ag. My dad owns his own construction business and my whole entire life growing up with him, I got to hang out by his side, help him holding a hammer or tape measure. It might not have been good, but I was getting experience from a young age for sure. I just kind of fell into ag and FFA in ninth grade when I joined. Um, I went to Cedarville High School. My ag teacher was incredible and she impacted me so much that I knew from that very moment that I wanted to be an ag teacher. So I attended Arkansas Tech to get my bachelor's, had the best time there, went to pursue a master's degree at Utah State, got to live in Utah for two years, and it was incredibly beautiful. After that, that's when I came back to Arkansas and started my career at Whitehall High School. Well, that's a great elevator speech. Very succinct. And see, I just sort of took a stab about the world traveler thing, but um, yeah, I, th- I thought I was kind of close based on... Based on what I had learned about you, so um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about your family, if you will, um, and I highly recommend including pets here if you have them. Okay, um, I grew up in, I guess, what some people call a a blended family, or not your traditional family. Um, my parents are not married; they're married to other people. But my mom and stepdad live in California. Dad and stepmom live in Northwest Arkansas, so I'm constantly traveling back and forth when my school schedule allows, of course. Um, As far as my own little family goes, all I've got is two dogs. I've got a golden doodle named Ollie, and I just recently got a black lab named Astro. 
So as far as family goes, um, I have a big family with lots of siblings um, and tons of cousins. So family's always been a really important piece of my life. And you have two dogs, most yes. importantly. Exactly. Most, Ollie and Astro, great names, by the way. Great, great names, great breeds, great dogs. I don't, even when you said it all, it's just us, that's plenty. My goodness, what more do you need? Exactly. Is, it is plenty. They take a lot. Right. A big bowl of chocolate and you're done. Like your world is complete. There's not much more that you need besides that, besides dogs and chocolate. Well, I mean, family is important. That's good. So I do have to ask this though. Um, you've mentioned California a couple of times now and, you know, California is like really like a whole other country. So where in California does your family live? Yeah. So my family is from a small town north of Sacramento, about 45 minutes. You would, I guess, say the Sutter or Yuba City area, kind of depending on what part of my childhood we're talking about. But my mom and stepdad still live around Yuba City. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. You got to sort of drop a pin on that because California is so darn big that it's- It is. It's huge. Like a, <laughs> Some people don't realize that it is like I guess to go from one border of California from the northern to the southern border of California would take you probably an entire day, almost a day, probably more hours than you would want to spend in the car. So okay, um, let's talk just a little bit about. I'm really um, I'm intrigued by your um, by your education, and I want to dive into that a little bit more. But um, I do want to know sort of your professional journey and the background and and how. You talked about your dad and his construction company, how you ended up choosing the career you did, choosing the schools and the course of study that you did, and then how um, you went from Cedarville, which is way on the west side of the state, to um, down to Whitehall, which is really more, I guess, what people will call in the south, south part of the state. Um, so tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so when my dad and I moved to Arkansas, I, like I said, I went to Cedarville High School. Um, that's where I say that I knew that I wanted to become an ag teacher. Literally from the youngest age, no exaggeration, probably five or six years old, I've always known that I wanted to be a teacher. My parents have always said that I grew up teaching my stuffed animals and my poor cousins because they had to sit down and listen to me teach whatever I was learning in school. That's awesome. I've literally always known that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, it wasn't until I joined ag, probably really into my second year, that I decided this is what I want to do. This is the career that I want to have. This is what I love. And FFA is really a big part of that deciding factor. So in high school, just the influence of my ag teacher and all of the ag teachers I got to meet around the state really helped me decide that you can make such a huge impact as an ag teacher. And it was something that I felt in my life and something that I wanted to give to others. So like I said, I pursued my bachelor's at Arkansas Tech. I had great professors there who motivated me and mentored me and helped me to become a well-tailored and really helped me to become the teacher that I am today. When I was graduating, that's when I finally I was starting to think about going into the classroom or getting a master's degree. Wasn't quite sure which direction I wanted to go. So I applied for a few jobs and I applied for a few assistantships at universities. And that's when I got um, the assistantship interviews at University of Arkansas and at Utah State. 
I could not pass up the opportunity to go visit Utah. My advisor there flew me out to Utah. I got to tour campus and that's all it took um, was seeing the beautiful mountains and the snow tops in like March and the lack of humidity and bugs really just sold me. <laughs> so I, I knew then just because of meeting the professors and seeing how beautiful the campus was that that's where I was going to go. Um, so I attended Utah State, had a great two years there, got to teach some undergraduate classes, really got to work with a lot of student teachers. That helped solidify my love for teaching even more um, because I initially, at going into grad school, I had kind of toyed with the idea of getting a PhD, but getting to mentor student teachers really helped me see just how much I loved being in the classroom and just how much of an impact that ag teachers make. So when I graduated, I started looking for jobs. I knew I wanted to come back to Arkansas. There were a ton of jobs open, and Mr. Backus, our former former FFA state advisor, he was the one who really encouraged me to apply for Whitehall. I, like you said, it's on a completely different end of the state. So I was really nervous. You know, I wanted to go to Northwest Arkansas. I wanted to be close to home, close to my friends and my family. But the, the job at Whitehall seems like it was really appealing. It was a brand new program. There had never been an ag teacher or an FFA there before. So I'd have the opportunity to start my own program, um, have a blank slate, get to start my own FFA chapter. And the idea of that is what really drew me into Whitehall. Um, through the interview, I got to meet the superintendent and the principal and everyone that I met, which this was on Zoom before COVID and nobody used Zoom back then. So it was definitely an interesting interview. But during that period of time, I really got to know the the goals of the Whitehall community and saw just how supportive that Whitehall was going to be. And thank goodness they offered me the job. I accepted and I have been incredibly blessed ever since. What a great journey. And um God, that's so God, that's such a great that's a great story about uh, especially like the part about you <laughs> teaching your teaching your your cousins. Um I, don't you think that there should be something on like college applications about bugs and humidity? I feel like there should be some kind of rating system because it is such a big people who don't live in Arkansas, well maybe they do. If they live like in the south in New Orleans or something, they understand the bugs and humidity issue. But um, yeah, some of my dearest friends lived in Utah for many years, and they said that was one of the things they loved about it the most. I couldn't believe how little humidity there was. Yeah. And on the days that people from Utah would mention, oh, it's so humid today, I would just kind of laugh because it was a, that's a dry day in Arkansas. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, um, let me ask you one, one, actually, I'm going to ask you two quick questions before we go to a break. So a lot of the women in industry that we interview for this podcast will credit somebody in their career journey that had a huge impact on their career. Um, and sometimes for some women, it's not a person, it's an event, but I've heard you, I've heard you mention a couple of people sort of superficially that have had a big impact. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, people that helped you get to where you are today? Yeah. So I would say that really there are two key people that helped me to get to where I am. Um, first one is my dad. Like I said, my dad owns his own construction business. I grew up my entire life 
working with him. Um, he would give me the opportunity to do all the things. He never treated me like a kid that was too young to be in the shop. He embraced everything that I was doing in the shop and really helped me get experience that I didn't realize would then transfer over to my career way early as a five and six year old. I started learning these skills. And again, it's not something I ever realized that I would use every single day in my future career. Not only that, my dad and I grew up, or I grew up with a single dad. So it was just me and dad at the house. And he was in FFA when he was in high school. And so when I joined FFA, he really encouraged me to dive right in and to do as much as possible. He helped me to show animals. He helped me to do absolutely anything I needed for FFA. And without him really giving me that push and encouraging me and supporting me, I don't think I would have been as involved as I got. The next person that I think had a really huge impact on my career was my high school ag teacher. She now teaches at St. Paul. Um, her name's Courtney Smith. She was incredible. She took me to every camp convention or workshop I wanted to go to. It didn't matter if I was the only person at school that wanted to go. She loaded me up into the car and we went. She gave me every single opportunity that I wanted. And I, I think it's because she saw something in me that I didn't realize I had. She saw that I could be a leader. She saw that I could be outgoing. She saw that eventually one day down the road, I could do what I'm doing today. And without her making that initial connection and realizing that that's something that I could be good at, I wholeheartedly believe that I would be on a different path. And I'm so thankful for both of them for giving me those skills, helping push into my passion and helping me to understand that this is something I'm good at and I could teach and inspire others with this. That's wonderful. I love that. What a great, what a great story and what a great shout out to those important people in your life. So um, we're getting ready to go to a break, but I want to ask you one quick question before we do that. So what does a typical day in your life look like? Goodness, a typical day in my life is busy. Um, it, of course, always starts with letting the dogs out because they're very important. Um, but a typical day at school is very busy and active. I hardly ever get the time to sit at my desk for very long. I teach a variety of classes. So at some point, I could be teaching one class. We could be MIG welding. In another class, we could be talking about conservation or waterfowl. And then I could turn right around and we could be talking about animal science or food science, and then flip the switch again and start working on woodworking. So all day, my entire day is completely different from one class period to the next. And so I think that's one of the things that makes my job so enjoyable is that I get the opportunity to do such a variety of things that it makes every day is something new and every day is something enjoyable. You're so lucky in that regard. Uh, you really are. You're really blessed in that regard. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and um, stay tuned as we hear more from ag educator and FFA leader, FFA advisor, Kaitha Weeks. We will be right back. Rapid fire time. Are you ready? Ready. 
Okay, that's good. I can tell you're going to be really good at this. Rapid fires. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is just for fun. You know, no right or wrong answers. I'm just going to fire a few. Some of them are going to be weird. Some not so weird. And you just say <laughs> whatever, whatever comes to mind. Okay, are you ready? Um, fun Utah fact. Fun Utah fact. The people from Utah eat fry sauce on everything, which is like a weird combination between ketchup and mayonnaise. Oh, that is weird. Uh, that's very interesting. I'm going to have to Google when we're done. All right. Favorite app on your phone? Favorite app on my phone is probably Instagram. I use it way too much. <laughs> um, I, I feel you in the same way. Um, okay. I already asked you the cat or dog um, person question. So we're just going to check that box and say that you're a dog person. Unless you want to you correct the record there. No, definitely a dog person. All right. Awesome. Okay. So uh, what's your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday is the 4th of July because my birthday is on the 5th of July. We got to wrap it into one really big, fun firework explosion type um, celebration. Oh my God. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Okay. What's the worst job you ever had? Oh, the worst job I ever had. I actually worked at IHOP for two days when I was in college. Two days. That was it. (laughs) I love it. Why was it so awful? I have to know. My first day was on free pancake day. That explains it enough. Oh, gosh. That's awful. I'm so sorry that you had that experience. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, (laughs) you were a great rapid fire fire participant. Thank you so much. That was good. And I'm going to go look up fry sauce for sure. And now I'm going to turn you over to Carson. Perfect. Oh man, I feel for you, Kaisa. That uh, that sounds like quite the experience. I have one question myself. Do you have all your fingers and toes since your birthday landed on almost by the Fourth of July? Birthday's almost on the Fourth of July, and I'm an ag teacher. But yes, all ten fingers and all ten toes. Good, good. You know how those fireworks go. Oh man, and I gotta say, I am a Utah fan myself. That's where I honeymooned, and we go on vacation all the time, and that is just one of our favorite places. So I understand that for sure. Kaisa, I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience as an ag teacher. We've talked to a couple of different ag teachers or people involved in FFA in some way, um, but you're actually giving us an opportunity to explore a different part. Um, of the organization, uh, specifically when it comes to agriculture mechanics. Um, obviously, you teach a range of different subjects, but I know this is one you're particularly passionate about. Tell us a little bit more about agricultural mechanics and what you do in that class. More affectionately, I guess, known as shop, yes. right? <laughs> so in ag mechanics or the shop class, I my goal there is to teach students a little bit about a lot. My goal is that when we have 18 inches of snow outside and your pipes freeze, you can fix something yourself and you don't have to call a plumber. Or when a fender on your trailer breaks, you can pull out a welder and weld it yourself. I don't claim to ever make anybody anybody an expert in any subject. I want them to know just enough about a wide variety of subjects. So we learn everything from plumbing to small portion of electricity, concrete, we do woodworking, arc mig, arc and mig welding, and then we also do some oxyacetylene cutting. Like I said, a huge variety of things, just enough for them to learn a little bit about a lot. 
some of the practical skills, right, that could be useful maybe if you're managing your own farm or just fixing up your house, kind of that mentality of being able to do those small chores yourself rather than hiring somebody, right? I'm sure that's something that you appreciate, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we actually do um, a lot of repurposing. We work with pallets or wire spools, different things, because that's a, a skill that a lot of people need to know. If you purchase a home that you need to renovate, you can do a lot of that yourself. You don't have to call a professional. And that's why I love the ag mechanics class so much is because I'm giving those kids hands-on tangible skills that they truly will use, whether they're in high school, in college, or they're off 25 years from now, they're using those skills that they learned in my class. And that's kind of becoming a lost art too, to a, to a certain degree, is that we're needing more skilled workers right now. You're looking at some of these vocational institutes that are that are trying to do this recruiting, but you know, there's this idea that you have to have a college education to go out and be successful as a professional. But um, I'm sure that you probably have a different perspective on that, right? You can be just as successful going out with some of these practical skills that there's a growing need for, right? Absolutely, and that's something that I work really hard for my students to see. I'm constantly bringing in tech schools and trade schools and companies. Like for example, brought in multiple welding schools. I brought in Greenway John Deere um, last week because those students need to see the opportunities that you can do with a tech degree, or you can go to work straight after high school. You don't have to go to a four-year college. And chances are a lot of the times those jobs make more money than I do as a teacher or and a lot of people with a four-year degree make. There are excellent careers out there that you can do with the beginner-level skills that you have as a graduating high school student. And I think that's an important component when it comes to FFA as an organization is that it helps some of our young people plug into where they're actually going to fit and and really excel in, in their interests. And for a lot of kids, that path is uh, just the perfect fit for them. Yeah, they are able to find something that they're interested in. For example, I have a student who joined my class because he wanted to be a welder. Well, through welding, he's realized, I enjoy welding, but it's not something I want to do as as a career. So I think I'd like to go work on heavy equipment and work on the mechanic side. Mm-hmm. And they're they're just leaving, you know, regardless in what career path they choose, they're leaving with some actual skills that they can they can carry with them throughout life. It's been a pleasure to have you here, and we hope you'll join us um, for our next episode. Please check out comgroup.com, our women in industry page, to see more incredible and inspiring women like Kaisa. You can find stories from other inspiring women on our WIN podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And while you're in your favorite podcast app, please rate, review, subscribe to the Communications Group WIN podcast and share it with your friends. And as if we haven't given you enough homework already, please nominate that inspiring woman in your industry for recognition. There are so many of them out there. The nomination form also on our website, and that's comgroup, C-O-M-G-R-O-U-P, comgroup.com. And this is Lisa Van Hook from the Communications Group here with my co-host Carson Horn saying thank you for joining us and keep on inspiring. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us in this week's WIN podcast. The Women in Industry series is presented by the Communications Group and celebrates professional women and their achievements. For more information about today's guest and others like her or to nominate a woman in industry for recognition, click on over to comgroup.com. 
Join in on the win conversations by going to Calm Group's social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The Win Podcast is hosted by Calm Group's Executive Vice President Lisa Van Hook and PR Manager Carson Horn and produced by me, Natalie Johansson. Technical support is provided by Calm Group's digital team, Casey Baker and Dylan Key, with Brent Miller as our creative lead. Additional support is provided by Jennifer Pearson and Cecily Pamplin, with direction coming from Dan Cowling and Dane Cowling. To learn more about how the communications group can help you achieve your business goals, contact us today at 501-376-8722 or at info at comgroup.com.